Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the latest episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Steal a catchphrase from Colin Coward, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making me part of your day. Be sure to follow me on social media at Tapouts and TDs on Twitter, the Facebook page at Tapouts and Touchdowns, and as always, email the show Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. Maybe one day somebody will reach out and let me know something that they want to hear me talk about, questions they may have about a fantasy football matchup, you know, one week to another. And I'm always going to be here. Again, tapoutsandtouchdowns at gmail.com. Uh, I, I actually checked the email for the first time in a while because I hadn't been getting notifications for them. And unfortunately for me, nothing there. But as, as always, that is an avenue for you to reach out to. Now, the opening bell this week is going to be a little different than the last couple of weeks. No wrestling talk on the show today. Again, I apologize, and I I promise you we'll get to pro wrestling at some point on the show again. Uh, We got a lot of really good football talk, and patients are panicked this week. Uh, Believe it or not, I had a really good week eight, and patients are panicked. Uh, Same thing with bullies, buys, and sells. Another really good week, so got some really good fantasy football talk coming up later in the show, and... And then we've got Frick's Picks, uh, podcast pick him if you will, uh, to, to, to close out the show in the main event. Uh, we've, got, we've got some standing movings around, so to speak. Uh, and, and so, again, a lot of really, really fun football talk to go to. Uh, we're going to get a little, a little more somber uh, with the opening bell this week. Uh, I know if you haven't listened to the season two premiere where I got real on the show, Today's going to get a little personal, and so if you, you're not prepared to, to go through a little, bit of, a little bit of somber talk, a little bit of sadness, so to speak, then, then you might be better off fast-forwarding to patients or panic or you know, bullies, buys, and sells, whatever, whatever the case may be, but I think there's something I need to get off my chest this week, and, and I'm hoping you'll, you'll oblige by listening to the opening bell of the podcast this week where, where I decided to get personal and to uh to, to try to keep things short I know my my shows have lasted about an hour the last few weeks I want to try to keep it under an hour this week and so I'm not going to go too far into detail this week other than to say that you know in the 1930s we, we saw the great depression in the United States where the economy crashed the stock market crashed and people were were broke regardless of what uh, you know, part of life that you came from. The Great Depression affected everyone. But I think when the history books are written, the year 2020 could be coined the year of the Great Depression. And it's a little play on words because I think 2020 will be looked back on as, as the year that if it hasn't, it's the year that it should have been uh, the poster year for mental health awareness. Now you look at, again, if you go back and listen to the season two premiere, you'll get in-depth discussion on the racial divide, the racial tension that was in this country in 2020. If you haven't been living under a rock, you'll know that the COVID-19 pandemic has affected uh, not just lives, not just jobs, but we, I've, I think I've discussed it on the show in regards to uh, sports. March Madness tournament was canceled. Uh, professional baseball was, was postponed and shortened. The NBA went into a bubble and was, uh, again, it was suspended. And the NFL is currently going through their own issues, as well as college football with uh, players and staffers that have had to deal with COVID. So again, you've had the, the civil unrest with the social injustice that has gone rampant in 2020. You've had the COVID-19 pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic. You've had a lot of political unrest with, well, the current election going on right now. It's still undecided. More than likely, it looks like it could be a Biden victory. But we're not going to get into politics on the show other than to say that all politicians are corrupt. 
You can agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. You could have voted for Biden. You could have voted for Trump. It doesn't matter because they're both crooked. They're both, I wouldn't call them disgusting human beings, but one could argue that either or, both of them are. But it's, it's again, it's drawn, drawn a, a negative light to the year 2020. So again, you've got social injustice. You've got, uh, based on the social injustice, you've had riots and, and the burning of businesses. You've had, you know, et cetera. Social, in, social injustice. You've had the pandemic. You've had sports postponed or canceled. You've had pol- a political fiasco, if you will, that we've had to put up with for the last few months. Uh, I think something that's that's getting overlooked that I'm not really sure if people are, are not paying attention to it because they it doesn't affect them or whatever the case is, but I think there's a lot of... I mean, there's there's been talks about the romantic relationships throughout the pandemic and, and what be it the pandemic or something else, that the toll that, that 2020 has taken on relationships. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, again, a lot of contributors to a relationship coming to an end, but I know 2020 saw an end to my personal romantic relationship, and my marriage of almost 10 years uh, came to a, an, an abrupt end. Now, we separated back in 2018, and I learned a lot about myself during that time period. And I won't bore you with the, with the details, and I would never paint her in a negative light more than I would paint myself. The first time we separated, it had to do with the breaking of trust. From my perspective, you know, I say from my perspective, from my part, it wasn't any sort of infidelity or anything like that, but nevertheless... The first time my soon-to-be ex-wife left, it, it broke me. I had a lot of self-reflection to do and a lot of uh, self-learning, you know, a lot of rebuilding of myself to do. And so when we decided to give it another shot, I, I took those learnings and, and I tried to make the right decisions and do the right things. And, and it worked for a, a little over a year and eventually it would come to an end. And so I know a, a few weeks ago, uh, I mentioned that life comes at you fast, and I didn't record uh, an episode one week. And I'll be honest, it had to do with, with this. I wouldn't say necessarily had to do the relationship, but it, it, it definitely contributed. I have essentially been in a relationship since I was 19 years old. I am 33 now. If you do the math, that's 14 years, give or take about six months here and there, that I've had someone who laid in bed next to me, someone who sat on my couch next to me, someone who I can look forward to texting at some point during the day, small things that you sort of take for granted memes that you can share on Facebook with a bunch of people who you may or may not know uh, extremely personally, people who you may just know as acquaintances on social media, regardless. Not to drag it out, um, but the last week, three weeks have been, have been, for whatever reason, significantly tough for me. And I want to thank everybody who listens to the show who continues to support the show, I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart because I know there's there's weeks that as much as I love doing this, I almost lack the motivation to do so. And uh, I, th- I think it goes to a bigger point that I'm not the only one in this country who's dealing with it. Mental health awareness is a real thing that needs to be discussed on a consistent, on a regular basis. And I, I think it needs to be brought to the attention uh, of what exactly uh, mental illness, what more specifically depression is. 
I'll say this, unhappiness does not equal depression. You could be unhappy with the presidential election, whichever way that that might turn. You can be unhappy with your job or your profession. You can be unhappy with your boss. You might have a dog that drives you up the wall. You might not be able to cook, and that makes you unhappy. I mean, I, the list goes on and on of, of what can make you unhappy. The bottom line, depression can be crippling. Depression can be overwhelming. Depression is when you know the things that you have to do. And as much as you tell yourself that you need to get up and and be active and be proactive and to take care of yourself, your body will not let you. Depression is getting an eight, hour night, eight hours worth of sleep at night, working for six to eight hours, and getting home and, and having rested and as busy or un, not busy as your workday has been, not feeling motivated to do anything productive. Depression is not wanting to get out of bed when you know that you don't have a choice. Depression is having to take a day off because your mind feels so overwhelmed that you can't work through it. And there are too many people in this country who struggle with mental illness like I do that never get help for it and that suffer for years and, and, and years and years before something either clicks or they make the, the ultimately poor decision of, of bringing it to an end. Someone who has had family make that ultimate decision. Someone who has had friends make that ultimate decision. It's something, again, that, that is being far less discussed than it should be. And on the other side of it, there's a lot of people who take unhappiness as, as themselves being depressed. And I think as much as I would condone the widespread... I'm, I'm trying to think of how I want to present this thought education of depression and mental illness. I, I would also argue that on the other side of the token that it also needs to be educated on, on what one would consider depression versus, not, versus, versus unhappiness. At the end of the day, I, I, I end every episode... By saying, again, it's a corny catchphrase from a even cornier movie that everybody love everybody. Hashtag ELE from Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell, Woody Harrelson, among others. But I think the country could improve itself if we all, and not just the country, the world, if we could all come together and just find some common ground, find some some way to appreciate everyone for what they have and stop looking so negatively and understanding that people do struggle and to not, not make them feel bad about, about the way they feel and so that people aren't made to feel lesser than because they struggle. And to be understanding and... You know, when, when you say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, like I'm, I'm not well, rather than, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. Simply just understanding and say, you know what? You're going through it and that sucks. What can I do to help? And I think if more people actually 
who actually need it can actually get those family members, those friends to reach out, then, then maybe, this, maybe this world can start to be a better place. Otherwise, the year of the Great Depression will not end in 2020. And I think that's all something that, that's something that we all need to really take into consideration. It's something we all really need to take a look at and understand that this isn't, this isn't a, a you problem when it comes to depression. This is a we problem. And it's something that, that I will continue to struggle with and I will continue to try to persevere. And I will continue to put this show out, at least until the end of this football season. So again, I appreciate you hanging with me, sticking with me through that uh, somewhat, you know, for lack of a better word, depressing opening bell this week. But I feel like it was something that needed to be discussed. So now we get to get on bigger and better things. When we come back, we get to actually talk about football. Your boy went 4-1. and one. And patients are panicked last week. And that brought my record to something, something pretty, uh, pretty impressive this year. Uh, so, again, patients are panicked is coming up next. We're going to follow that up with bullies, buys, and sells another good week. So hopefully you've been taking my, my suggestions uh, to fantasy football seriously. And then in, in the main event, we've got some new pickers this week in Frick's Picks. So, again, thanks for... Thanks for working through the opening bell with me this week. Stick around for Patience of Panic right after this. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. As always, it's your guy, Billy Rye. Follow me on social media. Twitter at Tapouts and TDs, Facebook at Tapouts and Touchdowns, and then the email to the show, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. Hopefully, you've been paying attention to my fantasy football talk last week. And I said it in the first, uh, the opening bell this week. I'm going to try to get this a little quicker because I want to keep your attention, uh, you know, for the long haul. And so, the quicker I go through some of this stuff, the shorter my episodes will be, and hopefully the longer I'll be able to keep you on the hook, if you will, in the, uh, in the, the demeanor of Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. So patients of Panic in Week 8 saw my own Panic or Patience record go to 15-15 and 15 because I had a monster week in Panic or Patience uh, where I went 4-1. and one. And Just to go through Week 8, I told you it was time to panic on Mike Davis. Mike Davis uh, only had 66 rushing yards in Week 8 with one catch for nine yards. And it's been almost made but official that, that Christian McCaffrey will be coming back this week. So when I said the panic on Mike Davis last week, I made the right call. Mike Evans, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, I mentioned that, uh, to, that it's time to, it was time to stay patient with him. And if you were patient and started Mike Evans last week, it paid off. Got back into the end zone, finished with 16 fantasy points, and a, a, a good week for Mike Evans and a week without Chris Godwin and a week prior to the introduction of Antonio Brown as a Tampa Bay Buck. I mentioned to, uh, to panic somewhat on Lamar Jackson. He came under his fantasy projections last, last week, only passed for 208 yards, and he had two, tur- two touchdowns, but capped that with four turnovers. Mitt Lamar Jackson, the 2019 NFL MVP, finished last week with less than 20 fantasy points. Most people drafted Lamar Jackson in the first or second round, depending on draft status, you know, draft positioning and all that stuff. But again, I told you it was time to panic on Lamar Jackson, and sure enough, I was right. Now, I also said it was time to panic on Cam Newton. Now, granted, he did have 54 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, but still, another week, Another week with under 200 passing yards and zero touchdowns. So, again, it was right when I told you to panic on Cam Newton. If you were looking for an 18-point fantasy day, then that's what you got out of Cam Newton. But for someone who seemed to have so much promise with the New England Patriots this year, 
uh, the beginning of the season, Cam Newton uh, has fallen off tremendously after his COVID diagnosis. Now, I'm going to consider myself technically right with the next one, even though I, I'm giving myself the wrong, which is where it was 4-1. and one. And I, I'll, let, me, let me start over with this. I gave myself a wrong, an incorrect, incorrect read on the next one in, in regards to the Baltimore Ravens running backs, even though technically I was right, and let me get into it. So Mark Ingram got hurt, but J.K. Dobbins had his first 100-yard rushing game of the season, which included a double-digit fantasy point put out. Now, the reason I said it was time to panic on the running backs is because combined, they were putting up probably roughly, roughly 15 points a game. But with Mark Ingram now hurt, it opens the door for J.K. Dobbins to finally make it make it a single-head backfield. And so we might actually see that, that input that we were all expecting out of J.K. Dobbins. Therefore, because J.K. Dobbins had double-digit fantasy points, I gave myself an incorrect answer with the Ravens running backs last week, hence my 4-1 record. So again, for the season, I'm 15-15. and 15. I came back strong, baby, and I'm back to back to 500. And so we've got some, some big players to panic and be patient with in week nine. And without further ado, we'll get right into it. First on my panic meter this week is quarterback Matt Ryan projected 21.5 points this week. Now, on the season, Matt Ryan has only had 20 or more fantasy points in three games. That's three games all season, yet he's projected almost 22 points this week. Denver is the 21st-ranked uh, defense against quarterbacks when it comes to fantasy. So he's got a shot, uh, but again, uh, if you take out uh, the Vikings game week seven, he's got one touchdown in the past four games. So again, if you remember correctly, Matt Ryan blew up against the Vikings, but if you take that game out, that outlier, he's only had one touchdown in the four other games that he's played in. In five games of the eight that he's played this season, Matt Ryan has thrown for under 300 passing yards, and he's only had multi-touchdown games in three of the games that he's played. Now, again, a lot of people expected a lot about a lot out of Matt Ryan with the weapons that the Atlanta Falcons have had. Granted, a lot of the weapons have been hurt. We've seen a coaching and GM change in Atlanta. A lot of people expected Matt Ryan to be a starter every week. I go on the Fantasy Life football uh, Facebook page on a consistent basis, and I see a lot of Matt Ryan or this guy, Matt Ryan or this guy. If you want my opinion, at least for week nine, it's time to panic on Matt Ryan and probably going forward because I don't get seeing I don't see it getting much easier for him. I take the under the projection this week, and I'm panicking on Matt, panicking on Matt Ryan. Now, last week, uh, the next next guy up on on my patience or panic is is someone I'm going to tell you to be patient with, and that's tight end Darren Waller. Now he's projected 16 and a half points this week after a, a pretty rough week last week, and I'm not sure if anybody saw it coming or what. Nevertheless. The Raiders are playing the L.A. Chargers this week, and they're giving the, up the 25th most points to fantasy tight ends. In other words, they're giving a lot of points up to tight ends this season. In all but two games, including last week, he has scored double-digit fantasy points. Uh, five catches in six of the seven games, five or more catches, excuse me, in six or seven, six of seven games. If I could ever get this out, you guys would be greatly appreciative of that. In six of his seven games that he's played this season, he's had five or more catches. And I'm seeing the the Raiders and the Chargers possibly being a shootout, meaning a big game for Waller. Uh, again, when I say to be patient with him, I'm not just speaking about this week. Coming up on the schedule, he's got, again, Denver this week. Or, I, I'm sorry, the Chargers this week. Then Denver, then Kansas City. And then he gets Atlanta and the Jets. Both have weak passing defenses. Time to stay panicked with Darren Waller. The last week where he, where he scored in single-digit fantasy points was an outlier. Remain patient with Darren Waller. Now I've got another tight end uh, up next, but it's time to panic on this guy. and That means bad things for me because I've got him rostered in just about every single fantasy league, and that is tight end Hunter Henry. He is projected 11 points this week. However, he has zero 100-yard games this season. And again, tack that with 
all throughout the entire season, only one touchdown. Now, granted, he scored double-digit fantasy points in four games. Only one was a uh, 50-yard, uh, 50 five-reception game, and another had four catches for 23 yards, but he had a touchdown. You know, the, the Chargers, especially since Justin Herbert has taken over, seem to be very, very high-powered, very offensively efficient. However, Henry is not benefiting uh, or flourishing from it, uh, which isn't a good sign for the future of Hunter Henry. It's time to hit the panic meter. I'm sure there might be some other tight ends that you feel more comfortable uh, starting over Hunter Henry. If you can afford it, maybe find someone else to start over Hunter Henry going forward. I'm panicking on him myself. Now, this next, uh, the next guy on my list should serve as no surprise, uh, and that's panicking. Uh, that's right, panicking on wide receiver Amari Cooper. Now, again, it shouldn't some come as a surprise to many of you. Uh, real quick, he's projected 13 points this week, but the Cowboys without Dak Prescott have been dreadful on offense. Uh, now, granted, having said that, Amari Cooper has scored double-digit fantasy points in all, all but two games this season. But this week, he gets a rough Pittsburgh defense and a potential third or fourth string at quarterback doesn't bode well for Amari Cooper. Uh, again, so against Philadelphia, he only had one catch. Against the New York Giants, he only had two receptions. He had favorable matchups in those games. Granted, take away maybe Philly with Darius Slay. But again... Those teams are not good. And between those two divisional games, he had three receptions. Now, he's got a favorable matchup the next few weeks after the Steelers. But again, Andy Dalton being hurt with a concussion definitely won't play this week. Even if you bring Andy Dalton back in, the offense is not the same without Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott gives you the, the rightfully or wrongfully so, that threat to run the football. Without that, they are very, I'd say, one-dimensional. Handoff to Zeke, pass to one of these pass catchers. And granted, they're all talented. Between Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, they're, they're all skilled ball catchers. But when you don't have someone who can maybe be as mobile or get out of the pocket like Dak Prescott can, it, does, it doesn't bode well for anybody on that offense. Time to panic on Amari Cooper. He's definitely not going to hit 13 points this week. And I guarantee you that'll come and bite me in the mouth and I'll put my foot in it come next show. So again, panic on Amari Cooper going forward. Now this last guy I'm going to talk about is, is someone to be patient with. I've been a very pessimistic person in the last few weeks on panic or patience. Patience or panic. Uh, and, and this week I'm being patient with wide receiver Adam Thielen. Now he's projected 15.7 points this week. That may be a little high. But let me get into why I think it's, it's time to continue to be patient with Adam Thielen. In all but two games, Adam Thielen has scored in double-digit fantasy points. In week one against Green Bay, he went off. However, last week, uh, even in a, in a big win for the Vikings, he was bottled up in week eight. I think it goes to show that Green Bay was not going to make the same mistake twice. They let Thielen go off in week one. They were going to hold him down. In, uh, in their second game, which is another reason why I'm saying to be patient with Adam Thielen. He's got some decent matchups the next few weeks. He's got a, a pretty banged-up Detroit defense. Now, granted, the Chicago Bears have a pretty strong defense up front. It would bode poorly for his quarterback, Kirk Cousins, more so than Adam Thielen. But then he gets a dreadful Dallas defense. A Carolina defense is amongst the bottom in the league against the pass, as well as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, again, every game except two, he was under 10 points, uh, but he's found the end zone at least once. Uh, so, again, uh, it's, it's, it's time, you know, we, we can argue that Justin Jefferson has emerged as a star in, in Minnesota, but there's a reason why they let go of Stephon Diggs and kept Adam Thielen. And thus, uh, it's time to remain patient with Adam Thielen. So a quick run through, because I'm, again, trying to help you guys out and be a little more mindful of the time the show takes to listen to. We're panicking with quarterback Matt Ryan, tight end Hunter Henry, wide receiver Amari Cooper. And we are continuing to stay patient with tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Adam Thielen. 
Hopefully, this will help you out in this week's fantasy matchups, considering there's a lot of people who are going down with COVID, a lot of people who are down with injury, etc., etc. Coming up next, we've got Bullies, Buys, and Sells. Another strong week for the bully man, and that would be me, uh, from last week. A lot of, of proper answers and a lot of guys that, that I'm going to get into this week. I'm trying to do something a little different this week, and I'll explain how. Coming up next with Bullies, Buys, and Sells for week nine of the NFL season. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Tap Outs and Touchdowns podcast. Got some uh, bullies, buys, and sells for week nine in fantasy football. Now, for the season, I am 32 and 16 when it comes to making my picks for patient, for, for, I'm sorry, for bullies, buys, and sells. And last week was no different as I went six and two with my picks. Now, it's no surprise I told everybody to buy in on Dalvin Cook and Boy, did that pay off for anybody who had him. Now, granted, if you've got Dalvin Cook on your team, the week he's back from an injury, you're going to start him. But he went off for three touchdowns and almost 50 fantasy points. Not a bad day for someone returning from injury. Also mentioned in the uh, Panic or Patience segment, I told you to buy in on Mike Evans last week. I told you he would get in the end zone. And although it was late, he sure enough did 16 and a half points. I told you to pay. I, I told you to sell on Tyler Lockett after a big forty-plus point game the previous week. I told you it wasn't replicable. He was playing a tough defense, and it showed twelve uh, points under projection with seven point three fantasy points in week eight. I also told you to sell on Mark Andrews, which I, I'm I'm still not sold on moving forward. He only scored half of his projection last week again in a rough in a rough matchup. 6.2 points is half of what he was projected. Also mentioned the Cowboys offense in the Patience or Panic segment. I told you to sell on Ezekiel Elliott last week, and I was right. Less than half of what he was projected. Uh, 8.3 fantasy points and zero touchdowns for Zeke Elliott. Hasn't scored in quite some time, and, and thus, again, right when I told you to sell on Zeke Elliott last week. Uh, now... I'm calling this a win for me, considering I gave myself a loss with the with the Baltimore Ravens running backs and Patience or Panic. Big Ben came just under his projection, and thus I consider myself a, a correct answer for me. I guess the way I'm going to go with it going forward is my buys are going to be guys who I think are going to exceed their projections, and the sells are going to be guys that I think will come underneath projection. And that's what happened with Big Ben, came underneath projection when I told you to sell on Big Ben last week. Now, I was wrong on Le'Veon Bell. I sat here on the show last week and guaranteed that Le'Veon Bell would get into the end zone against his former team, the New York Jets. He had 6.8 points in a revenge game against his former team, but he did not get into the end zone. 6.8 points is also uh, under his projection, uh, but again, nevertheless, uh, it's, it's still... Still a, a wrong, an L in that in that column for me, uh, for, for Le'Veon Bell last week. I also told you to buy in on Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I'm not really sold on guys playing on Thursday night because the guys that typically play well or typically play well on Sundays or Mondays don't play well on Thursdays. And so even though I told you to buy in on Teddy Bridgewater, he played a really bad Falcons defense on Thursday night football, but he could only muster 14 points. And the Panthers dropped the proverbial ball against the Falcons. And thus, I was wrong when it came to Teddy Bridgewater last week. So 6-2 and two on the week uh, for Bullies, Buys, and Sells, bringing again the total of 32-16. and 16. And so without further ado, we'll get straight into week 9. Uh, so again, I, I mentioned at the end of my last segment going into the Buys and Sells that I was going to try something different, and that's what I'm going to do. Going forward each week, I'm going to pick out one player at each position that I think it's, it'd be a good idea to buy and sell on going forward. So this week, I've got a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end, both in, in both buys and sells. And again, uh, changing the rules as I go, I suppose. Uh, if I think they're going to come under projection, there'll be a sell. And if I think they're going to go over projection, 
they will be one of Bully's buys. So again, without further ado, the quarterback in Bully's buys this week is New England Patriots quarterback Cam Newton. He has projected 18.6 points uh, going into this week. Now, he scored 18 points against a decent Buffalo defense, and they get the New York Jets on Monday Night Football this week. Now, on the season, he's still getting points with his legs with six rushing touchdowns. However, he's got no passing touchdowns with week three. That tells me that he's due. Now, granted, there's not a whole lot of wide receivers in New England to, to <laughs> talk. Excuse my dog in the background sneezing. <laughs> um, there's not a whole lot of receivers uh, in the Patriots receiving court to, to write home about, especially with Julian Edelman recently having knee surgery to clean some stuff up. However, I think that Cam Newton is due to get a, a touchdown through the air against a Jets defense who is bottom third in the league in points given up to opposing, opposing quarterbacks. Cam Newton is one of Bully's buys in Week 9. Next up, my running back in Bully's buys for Week 9 is no other than CEH, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, projected at 14.4 points. Now, I know last week was disappointing for anybody uh, on the Kansas City's uh, Chiefs running back core. Uh, neither he nor Le'Veon Bell got going last week, and that's going to change against the third-worst defense in the NFL against running backs with the Carolina Panthers. Now, granted, uh, it's the week before the bye. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is now in the mix. So I think this is not necessarily going to be a coming-out party but CEH has got to get going in order to keep this job firmly going into the bye week so that Le'Veon Bell doesn't try to overtake this job from him. And every game this season, CEH has uh, gotten three, three or more receptions with the exception of two, including his first game as a pro. CEH projected 14.4, take the over on CEH this week. My wide receiver in Bullies Buys this week is wide receiver for the Washington football team, Terry McLaurin. 15.6 projected fantasy points. Now, in his first game against the Giants, he only scored 14.4, seven catches for 74 yards. Now, against a really crappy, you know, it's a, sorry for being so crude, uh, game uh, against a really crappy defense in the Dallas Cowboys, he's going to get into the end zone uh, against the Giants the way he did against Dallas. All season, Terry McLaurin has only got one game in single-digit fantasy points. And in that game, he only had three receptions. Every other game, he has had four or more. Again, scored 14.5 points against the Giants in their first game. Projected 15.5 this week. I'm buying in on Terry McLaurin this week. You're starting him if you have him. Now, this tight end uh, that I'm going to talk about in Bullies Buys projected only 11.9 points. And that's tight end for the Detroit Lions, my homer pick for the first time this year, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Minnesota, who's playing the Lions this week, is middle of the middle of the league against tight ends of fantasy. But in a week without Kenny Galladay, more targets open up for the tight end TJ Hawkinson. Now, Matt Stafford was uh, put placed on the COVID reserve list uh, for the time being because of exposure with someone not... Uh, employed with the Detroit Lions. But if he misses this week, backup quarterbacks tend to love going to their security blankets, i.e. their tight end. Now, this is something that might surprise you. TJ Hawkinson has quietly put up together the fourth best tight end points in the NFL in fantasy. Let me start. Let me say that again. He's had quietly had a decent season, four plus catches in every game except two. And in both of those games, he got less than four catches. He reached the end zone. And he is currently the number four scoring tight end in the NFL. Only Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle, who just went to the IR for the San Francisco 49ers, have more fantasy points at tight end than TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson projected 12 points this week. Take the over on TJ Hawkinson. I'm buying him this week. So those are your bullies' buys. We'll, go, we'll, we'll recap everything at the end. But for week nine, I've got four guys that I'm going to sell, and the first one's not going to surprise you. My running back in Bully Sells this week is Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys. Spoken a lot about the Dallas Cowboys this, this week between patience or panic with Amari Cooper and being right about selling on Ezekiel Elliott last week. I'm probably going to be selling Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of the season. 
He has projected 17 points this week, but he is playing the second-hardest defense against running backs when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, this coming week. Since week five against the Giants, he has not gotten into the end zone. Now, he's going to get the bulk of the carries and touches at the running back position, but again, since week five, no game over 100 total under over 100 total yards. Now, I say that to say that he hasn't had 100, 100 yards rushing in a single game all season. And he's only had a few games in over 100 total scrimmage yards. But since week five against the Giants, which if I'm not mistaken is the week the Dak Prescott went down, he has yet to get 100 total yards in a game. Uh, now, against Arizona, who arguably has a pretty good defense, he's uh, had under 10 points in each of the last two weeks. Uh, so again, I, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, projected 17 points. I'm going to be selling Zeke the rest of the season. If you've got a chance to maybe find someone who wants Zeke for the name recognition and can get an actually serviceable running back going forward, now would be the time to do it. If your dead, trade deadline hasn't passed, uh, it's time to sell Ezekiel Elliott moving forward. Now my quarterback this week I'm going to be selling is uh, quarterback for the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. He's projected 19.8 fantasy points this week, this week against the Chicago Bears holding the lowest output in fantasy uh, against opposing quarterbacks. In other words, again, the best fantasy defense against quarterbacks this season. Now he's had 20 or more points in the last few weeks, um, but he went over 30 in the first three of his five games this season, so he's sort of fallen off. Now again, they're playing the Chicago Bears, Tough defense against tough defense. I feel like this is going to be a low-scoring slugfest, meaning a better day maybe for Derrick Henry, not so much in the pass game. Now, I don't think uh, that the Titans are going to fall behind a whole lot in this game against a, a relatively struggling uh, Chicago Bears offense, whether it's Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky in a quarterback. They've got some playmakers on offense, but that's not a high-powered L.A. Chargers uh, I'm trying to think, maybe Pittsburgh Steelers. It's, it's not a really high-powered offense in, in Chicago. So the Titans aren't going to fall far enough behind for Tannehill to be throwing the ball deep in garbage time. And after a 300-point, four-touchdown output versus Houston, he's only had, in the last back-to-back -back games, he's only barely gotten over 200 yards and two touchdowns in each game. So again, projected 19.8 points. I don't see him getting there this week against a stingy Bears defense. Sell on Ryan Tannehill this week. Now, the next guy, I'm not, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I've already talked about my wide receiver and my sell column this week. Uh, but I think this might be the last time that I talk about him because I don't think he's worth discussing after today. And that's wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, T.Y. Hilton. Now, this guy, first of all, he's projected 10 points this week, 10.0 10 points. Now, T.Y. Hilton used to be a guy that you wanted on your fantasy roster, whether it was Andrew Luck throwing it to him. You know, uh, I, I'm trying to, th I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy who played last year, uh, Jacoby Brissett, maybe, whatever. Nevertheless, T.Y. Hilton was a guy that you always had in your lineup. Uh, again, similar to Zeke, probably, probably selling T.Y. Hilton the rest of the season. And, Speaking even more critically about T.Y. Hilton, he's probably droppable at this point. And again, I mentioned a second ago that in years past, T.Y. Hilton was somebody that you was a must-start in your lineup. So to mention the fact that he's a droppable player at this point in a, in a league where so many wide receivers are out there and you're looking for someone so skilled, I'm honestly surprised the Colts didn't try to trade T.Y. Hilton at the trade deadline. Nevertheless, uh, moving forward... He gets a top 10 defense against wide receivers in fantasy this week. And in a blowout win last week, he injured his groin. Uh, again, couldn't, couldn't have finished the game. But in a blowout, he had two catches for nine yards. And only one game all season has he had more than 10 fantasy points. So again, T.Y. Hilton projected 10 points this week. Even if he suits up, he's not getting the 10 points. If you've got him rostered in your on your team, it wouldn't hurt you to maybe find someone who you can replace him with in your roster on your bench but he better not be in your starting lineup if you want a chance to win a game of fantasy football this year sell ty hilton this week 
Now, the, the tight end I've got on my cell column this week has is, is had a really good last three weeks, almost 20 points in a, in a couple of games. Tight end for the Tampa Bay Bucks, Rob Gronkowski, uh, winds up on my bully cell list this week. He has projected 10.7 points. However, the Bucks might get Chris Godwin back this week after, after surgery to correct a, a broken finger, and this will be the first time we'll get to see Antonio Brown as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Now, the... He's, Gronkowski is playing the third worst defense against the tight end in fantasy. But again, Brady is going to be slinging around to his newly acquired Antonio Brown wide receiver, as well as maybe a returning Chris Godwin. I mentioned earlier a couple times Mike Evans got into the end zone last week. He's got plenty of receivers to throw the ball to. And again, I, I don't see Gronk keeping up the momentum that he's had the last few weeks getting over uh, 15 fantasy points in just about every week. Again, I, I mentioned last three weeks he's been on fire. Three straight games with a with a receiving touchdown, but zero 100-yard games this season. And of the other five games without touchdowns, he's only got one game with 10 or more fantasy points. Again, if you've had Gronk, the last few weeks have been a pleasant surprise for his fantasy output. I don't see it keeping up this week. Sell on Rob Gronkowski. If you've got someone that you could potentially start over Gronk, I doubt that you do. But if you do, try to start them over Gronk. So to recap, my bullies buys this week are Cam Newton, CEH, Terry McLaurin, and TJ Hawkinson. My sells are Ryan Tannehill, Ezekiel Elliott, T.Y. Hilton, and Rob Gronkowski. Coming up next, we got some movement on the leaderboard and Frick's picks. And we've got five new games to pick going into this weekend in college and pro football. Stay tuned for the main event. Frick's Picks coming up next on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back. To the main event of the evening. Welcome back to Frick's Picks, Week 9 College and Pro Football. Again, just a reminder, if you want to make picks for the show, I post these games that I choose from every week on my Facebook page, at Tapouts and Touchdowns. Uh, we, we had some new pickers this week, and I'll get into it in a minute. But last week, if you remember correctly, I said I had a surprise, and and not just to, to go with the collective bullies and his buddies' picks from each week. Uh, I decided to do the inaugural uh, Bullies Buddies standings, uh, starting with week eight in the football season. And we've got some updates. We've got some people moving around now. To start off with, I've, I started the season doing a bully and his buddies uh, collective standings. And right now we're looking at a two-game difference. I'm sitting at 22-8, and eight, while the buddies collectively are sitting at 20 and 10. Now, the standings from last week, uh, again, a couple people moved around, and without further ado, we'll just get started. Ryan Lapino, still sitting in first place, didn't make picks last week, therefore sitting still at 5-0, and batting 1,000 for the season. Now, I myself got to move up from third place to second. I had a pretty decent week. Again, I mentioned it a second ago, overall record 22-8 and on the season, Good for a 733 winning percentage. Now, Derek Pauly was uh, in fifth place last week, tied for fifth. Got a chance to move up two spots and is now tied for third with Alex Mims, both at 7-3 and three, or a 700, uh, I guess, batting average, 70% uh, correct pick uh, making. Uh, Matt Buck was in third place last week, fell a spot to fourth place. Uh, batting 692, sitting at 18-8 on 18 and 8, excuse me, on the season. Now Buck has been picking since I believe the second week that I did Frick's picks. So kudos to him for sticking with it. Uh, he should be able to make up some ground now that more people are picking each and every week. Matt Buck in fourth place at 18 and 8. Now Greek, a friend of the show, former guest of the show from season one, uh, he's probably the second longest tenured picker on the show. Uh, unfortunately, still stuck in fifth place with a record of 12-8 and eight on the season, or in other words, a 60% uh, picker. 
Now, I forgot to mention him last week. Chris Hall has made picks for a, a few shows. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he will make his debut on the standings this week. But in last place, sitting at 5-5 five and five or 50% correct picks going into week 9. Now, I mentioned we had some new pickers this week. I'd like to welcome Kirk Williams, Aaron Thompson, my best friend, and Sam Morris to the Bullies Buddies Picks. Uh, Frick's picks uh, for podcast uh, for the podcast. Why, what am I talking? What am I saying? What am I saying, guys? For the Tap Outs and Touchdowns podcast, they make their inaugural picks this week. We got a couple of really high-profile matchups in college football this week. Uh, first, to start off with number one Clemson at number four Notre Dame. Now, if you were able to stick with me through the opening bell this week, I mentioned that COVID has taken its toll on a, not just uh, people in general, but in, in sports as well. Arguably the best player in college football, Trevor Lawrence, did not play last week in Clemson's game, will not play against Notre Dame. And I think that's why you have a discrepancy in picks amongst Bully's buddies this week. Five of Bully's buddies have taken Notre Dame. Uh, four have taken uh, Clemson, including, well, two of the Clemson fans that are picking, and Aaron and Kirk. Lapino and Derek, uh, a Carolina and Tennessee fan, respectively, took Clemson, while Alex, Buck, Greek, Sam, and Chris all have taken Notre Dame. No surprises there. They're all South Carolina fans. I am also going to take Notre Dame as well. I just don't think with the way that Clemson struggled last week without Trevor Lawrence, I don't think traveling to South Bend, even without the crowd that you're normally used to seeing on Saturday nights, I don't see Clemson being able to overcome the Notre Dame Fighting Irish without their arguably best player. I was listening to the radio this morning, and Clemson is is frustrated with the fact, uh, with their inability to be able to run between the tackles, with the talent they have on offense, and and even though they're they're backup, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, uh, the the backup quarterback for Clemson has the ability to run the ball, had a pretty good stat line last week. I just don't see him being able to travel to the road and play a top top five uh, opponent and win. So Bully and his buddies are both taking Notre Dame this week. Now, the next game on the list is a top 10 matchup with SEC opponents and a huge rivalry game in the SEC as number eight Florida takes on the number five Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Georgia coming off a few weeks ago, a, a bad loss to Alabama, struggled with Kentucky at times last week. Florida, we've seen their struggles uh, throughout this year, but they've got a probably a Heisman, it should be a Heisman finalist in their tight end, uh, quarterback that, is, that has been playing lights out the last few weeks. A lot of respect being showed by Bully's buddies to Florida this week as Kirk, Greek, Aaron, Lapino, Derek, Sam, and Chris have all taken Florida, which means that the buddies collectively will assume Florida this week while Georgia is taken by Alex and Buck. I'm also going to take Georgia. Uh, I just think that Florida is overranked. Granted, South Carolina lost by two scores to Florida in the second game of the season. I, I think that Georgia, I don't want to say they were looking ahead when they were playing Kentucky. I think Georgia has got more talent. Georgia's the better team. Georgia takes Florida this week. Now, going into the NFL, the last few weeks, majority of the season, I've normally taken the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game to choose from. Well, this week, the Thursday night game was the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Green Bay Packers. However, San Francisco essentially has maybe one or two healthy wide receivers that were on the main roster beginning of the season. I wouldn't call it a COVID outbreak, but a lot of guys uh, are on the COVID reserve list. A lot of guys are injured. George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo are both on the IR, so I didn't expect anybody to take San Francisco in this game. So I didn't choose to make this game one of Frick's Picks games this week. Instead, I went with an interdivisional matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers, two teams who, within the last five years, have moved to different cities. Now, buddies are taking the LA Chargers. Uh, the buddies taking them are uh, Greek, uh, Lapino, Chris, Aaron, and Sam. Uh, the Raiders have been taken by Kirk, Alex, Buck, and Derek. 
Now, I wanted to take the Chargers. I really did. I think that Justin Herbert is a is a stud in the making. I think they found themselves a star. It's unfortunate the way Tyrod Taylor has had lost that job with a with a medical mishap. Um, but the Raiders just took out Kansas City a few weeks ago. I think they're getting healthier on offense. They've got a, a good running back in Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr is showing why they drafted him. And in year two or three under Gruden, he's finally becoming the quarterback that he was prior to his injury a few years ago. While the bullies, I'm sorry, while the buddies take the Chargers, I am taking the Raiders. All right. Uh, the Sunday night football game, I will, it's, it's going to be a contest between New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, earlier this season, uh, the Bucks struggled mightily against the New Orleans Saints. However, they have come on strong as of late, putting a whooping on the Green Bay Packers a couple weeks ago, getting some more weapons back on offense with Antonio Brown and potentially Chris Godwin returning this week. That's why the Buddies have taken uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks this week. The Buddies taking Tampa Bay, Kirk Buck, Aaron Lapino, Derek, and Sam, while only three of the Buddies, Greek, Alex, and Chris, are all taking the Saints. Unfortunately for those three guys, I'm also taking the Saints. I know the Bucks look good. Uh, I, I know they've looked good the last few weeks. I know they've already lost to the Saints once this year, and it's hard to beat a team twice. There's also talks that Michael Thomas is coming back for the New Orleans Saints. Alvin um, Kamara is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, statistically, at least in fantasy, the best running back in the NFL this season. I don't see the Saints slowing down. I know they've struggled here and there. Um, I know that that game between them and the Bucs early in the season was ugly. I still have the Saints knocking off the Bucs in Tampa Bay on Sunday night. Now, unfortunately, I guess I, I was expecting to see a little upset taken here or there. Uh, the Monday night game is the struggling New England Patriots against the absolute awful, awful uh, New York Jets in New York on Monday night. Now, I wish I could build you some... some uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to use. Suspense, I guess, with this pick. But the Patriots, the Patriots have got a clean sweep. Every single person who made a pick this week, all seven, nine of Bully's Buddies who made picks this week, and myself have all taken the New England Patriots to take on the Jets. Now, if you listen to Bully's Buys and Sells, my quarterback by this week was Cam Newton, and I think that he is he's going to have himself a game. I'm not sure if he's going to have a bunch of yards, but I know he's going to get into the end zone. I guess the Jets defense has just god-awful. Uh, so a clean sweep for the New England Patriots. Bully and his buddies all taken the New England Patriots on, on Monday night. So to recap, Bully, is taking, uh, Bully and his buddies are taking the number four Notre Dame Fighting Irish over the number one Clemson Tigers with the exception of, of a few of Buddy's picks this week. Uh, the Buddies have taken the Florida Gators over the Georgia Bulldogs, although I am taking Georgia. The bully, Buddies are taking the L.A. Chargers, while I am taking the Raiders. The Buddies are taking the Bucks, while Bully is taking the Saints. And then a clean sweep, everybody has taken the New England Patriots. So we might see some a closed gap between the collective picks between uh, Bully and his buddies. And we're also going to have a lot of discrepancy, a lot of, of moving, so to speak, in the uh, Bully's buddies standings going into week 10. Now, I'm not sure exactly how many minutes this show is going to break down to this week. I'm also not sure how many people are going to listen to it because the show is getting released late on a Thursday night for a football weekend. However, I do greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to listen this week. I hope some of my advice will work out for you when it comes to the fantasy football weekend. And I hope that the message I presented in the opening bell uh, touched you in a way that uh, might have been encouraging, may have been educational. And if it's something that you want to talk about more, more in depth, uh, feel free, again, to reach out at the show uh, via either social media or email. So, again, a lot of good football talk in the show. I promise you, someday, someday soon, 
we're going to get some pro wrestling and talk and maybe hopefully get a buddy on the show to do some pro wrestling talk. So for Bully Rye and all of, I guess, everything that I presented to the show, thanks for listening. And as always, everybody love everybody. See ya.